Welcome everybody back to Iambic Poetry Podcast. This is Sharon Smith and I'm here with the second part of our two-part episode with Marvin Zayon. And I just want to let everyone know, you can get in touch with Marvin on his Instagram, Starvin Marvin. It's basically Starvin without the G, Marvin. And if you have any questions and stuff, please like, share, and subscribe. Iambic Poetry Podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes, and all other streaming services, including Google Podcasts. No, oh, you still have time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. But, but even with that, so you did, you did become, you did win a slam. You did win a slam and stuff. Man. Yeah, How actually, that? yeah. How was that? <laughs> it was mind blowing. I mean, like I said, I think for me, I'm still trying to find ways of expression. Like I said. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm using this constantly, but like I have a really hard time compared to personally, at least for myself, compared to other poets, emotionally being able to be a lot more expressive, which is a thing I'm still working on. And for the slam scene, it's either your like the big point winners, at least I would want to say, are the introspective emotional hitters. Mm-hmm. Or these big social justice stuff. And I personally am very closed off emotionally. So I don't have that too many emotional things that resonate. Mm-hmm. And I socially justice speaking as an Asian American male. I don't experience too many pitfalls with the American system, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Because we, we, we Asians as a general are seen as the model minority. So we don't get the short end of the stick like black or brown bodies do or indigenous people do so thankfully while i don't have any too many issues other than being called chink every now and then once in a blue moon i'm thankfully don't experience that but i don't have too much experiences to reflect on it so everything i write social justice wise is on the reflection of an outsider's standpoint and i don't think it gets too many points from that perspective so I actually want you to elaborate on on the um, Asian American um, point of view, like because I know that I've seen how Stacey G, uh, her poetry and how she talks about it and stuff is is, uh, and I've also heard Fong and some other and other Asian poets talk about it. Is is the Asian American um, lifestyle? Is it? I know it's somewhat. Sometimes I always see it somewhat closed minded or. Is very communal where it kind of keeps itself and very. Oh, we're a tribal group. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Like I and like I'm not gonna like sugarcoat it. We're we're a tribal, like incredibly tribal mm-hmm. uh, group. Like my parents are a prime example of that. Like I dated a Vietnamese girl at one point in my life, and my <laughs> mom and me. Like I can't believe she said it to me too. She's like, you gotta be careful with them. They're they're gold diggers. Like, mom, no, no. <laughs> She was a terrible girl for a lot of reasons, but that was not one of them. <laughs> like we, we just weren't working out like, at all because like, I mean, for whatever reason we didn't work out, but like, right, that was not right. one of those th- ways. Like even now, like during these whole, per- like these moments of social unrest, like my parents are acutely aware that like I actively participate in some protests every now and then like, to the best of my ability, given the current pandemic. Right. Like, like as much as I want to go out to share my voice and to be out there in the trenches with people, 
my fear is of course getting the pandemic getting corona but like i got have gone once or twice and for my parents that is extremely terrifying and they have made like the typical and i typical republican statement it's like well they black people are always on welfare blah 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 all these things and it's like no that's not true but like and it's like it takes time to educate them but for them and asian americans at least and in my experience i'm not gonna like i don't want to be like the dim like subject matter expert on this one or anything like that like from my experience from what i've seen with us being looked at as that model minority, oh, that minority that can take themselves from the pits, the bottom of that pit, and bring to go up to college educated immediately in one generation. I feel like middle America loves touting that. Like, I feel like the colleges love plastering our faces all over the place to the point where it's like, why can't you, it, it feels like, and looks like, well, why can't you be Asians? They, <laughs> they, 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 they take themselves up from the bootstraps and like, they make something of themselves. And it's like, right. no, it's not really that we've been given, like, this wasn't until recently. Like, I don't feel like this was like any time until like the nineties where things kind of looked good for us. And I think it's easy for Asians at least to forget that. Right. We don't have ever have to like go to bed at night wondering if something's going to happen to us the next day. I'm not like I've never had my my parents tell me don't wear certain colors in our neighborhood right. or anything like that. Like we we had the privilege of not having to be looked down on as badly. Yeah, it makes sense. But you, you do put a lot of strong points in even in sitting even states did the same thing, and in about the you know you, as you point out you look into what's going on in China and some of the stuff going on in their area and the battles and stuff that they're struggling to deal with it still oh, it yeah. still depicts on you because even even though you're not even in the area it still falls on y'all because even though you're first you're your first generation uh, American here what goes on that your parents are still influenced or it bothers them what's going on over mm-hmm. in China and some of the stuff. Oh, it's straight up. I feel like this is such a mind fuck for my mom, particularly mm. because we have family in Hong Kong as well. Right. And as you know, we've like had like some like gnarly ass protests in Hong Kong in regards to their independence. Like, like it's just a huge history thing right. lesson. And I, I feel like th- this would be a podcast in itself for me to explain. But anyways, they have their own, like they're, they're having protests in regards to independence and big brother China stepping in and trampling on that. Oh. And, 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 these, but yeah, like these protests are pretty gnarly. And my mom's like, I know you well enough to know that you would want to participate. She got mad at me for mailing like little black pieces of clothing to Hong Kong because black is considered like a sign of rebellion. Okay. Because she got curious when I asked her what like what was like an address to use. I found one online app for the work anyways. <laughs> but like I mailed some clothing that was black and she got pissed. As you wear a black shirt. <laughs> As I wear a black shirt. Okay, like in all fairness, in all fairness, you we just talked about how I grew up. I don't think black or I don't think there's ever been 
a moment in my aesthetic where you have not seen me wear some form of black you clothing. Know, that is true. You used to be the leather jacket man. <laughs> yeah, I'm still the leather jacket man, but now I'm the bomber jacket man. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, no, but I don't think you like. I don't like for me at least. I'm always wearing black, but like that's besides the point. Like, I, like Hong Kong's going through some shit, and for my mom, I feel like she is aware of how I am. And she's like, I know you would have gone to these protests. Like, I know you would have done something. And it's, I, 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 I feel like it's such a mindfuck for her now because she's seeing the protests un, like unravel here, and she's like, I know you're going to the protests here. And in her head, I can tell him she's thinking, I can't believe I brought my son here when I thought it was going to be the safest place in the world, and here he is doing the exact thing I thought he would never have to do in China. Hmm. Uh, think about that. It's that, a lot of things. Like it's like even like, and I don't think I personally took it in perspective. Like when Trump was going through his um, impeachment, right. I forget who the who it was who was speaking, but he was speaking before pretty much laying out evidence on Trump. He was going, "Dad, I'm using my voice as an American now, my to freedom of speech to." tell the world or the u.s what it needs to hear don't worry i'm being like i'm safe you left russia for me to be safe and to use my the strength of my voice to speak out against tyranny and that was so impactful for me because when i told my mom that i was rocking mic nights and shit like that her immediate response wasn't Oh, that's so great. I'm so happy that you're expressing your creative side. I'm so happy that you found a medium to be happy in or all those things you would expect a normal parent. Her immediate response was, you're not going to get arrested, are you? You're not going to say anything that could cause the government to arrest you because you... And it was such a mind-blowing statement for me because at the time, while I was aware that China is like really big on censorship, it wasn't until recently, and it didn't, and I didn't really like put two and two together until that speech with how bad China can get with censorship, like really bad. Like you can, like you know, online, they have online police. Like I think a euphemism for it was Wei Wei Hui or something like that. Like where they literally like employ people to internet police everything and take down certain spe- speech or certain things that like are dissenting. Right. So for my mom, immediately her reaction, because she grew up in the 80s when the Tenement Square thing was going on, was you're being safe, right? You're not saying anything that would cause any kind of upset, right? Mm-hmm. And that was such a mind-blowing for me. Oh, I, mean, I know they have also face recognition software up in China. Yeah, exactly. China. Yeah, so like, yeah, they have little, a literal social credit system. Right. So, right. I, and I think for my mom, like, she fears that the most whereas something i can say can literally d- directly affect my lively like my life you're an only child too you know? yeah i'm an only child <laughs> and, like, and, and this kind of like points back to like how it is like living in the u.s but like in a completely different sense but like her fear is that and for me to try to like explain to her take that fear and put it into what a black person or a brown person feels it has been an uphill battle. Like I mm-hmm. even like, even with a new piece I've written about, like how, yes. what it's like to, to defund the, like you've heard it on my SPC yeah. feature, like the, how, or where I had to equate defunding the police with fixing your, picking your car to being recalled by a yeah. car manufacturer. 
like I had to use that and for them to understand why it was a thing. They still don't fully agree with it, but they understand it now and why it's a thing. That's a good piece. That was a good piece. I actually enjoyed that very much. Andrew loved it. Andrew loved it. <laughs> <laughs> like I told you, you have a lot of social pieces that, that even woke his eyes up and stuff. And I mean, it, it got to the point where they actually, I remember he was actually asking you if you want to be with him with the, um, did they want to be with ZFGs or just, just be affiliated? What was that? About? Um, I think for me, I don't, so I think, like I said earlier, I don't like being boxed in. Yeah. Purely because of how I grew up, I was boxed into a lot of things mm-hmm. with a lot of labels. I kind of like being free form in my form of, as an individual. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if poetry will remain like that key medium that I continue on with because, like, like I said, I don't know if I'm fully ever comfortable with it because, like, I still have trouble expressing thoughts, ideas on it. Mm-hmm. And while I love Andrew and appreciate that offer, I don't know if ZFG would be the right choice for me mm-hmm. because I'm constantly trying to find new ways and constantly scrapping ideas. I just don't know if that would fit in with their 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 megaphone or them as a general. Okay. But, but I, one thing I know that you wanted to be, which kind of cracked me up, was a firefighter. I didn't think we were going to talk about that. <laughs> Come on, my friend. You, are, this is California. Fires are like burning. There's a lot of fire season. Yeah, they, they, I mean, we, like, we have a gnarly fire season right now. Like, it yeah, was just do. like, again, it was like my cousin was like in Sonoma County was going okay. through some shit, and yeah. like I really wanted to leave the office job behind, and then it was just at, at that point, I kind of figured why not do something that helps people? Like in, in all honesty, it helps people. It takes me out of the office setting. Big plus, I'm not working five days out of the week. Right. I can continue my thing. Honestly, looking at it now, I'm kind of thankful I didn't do that given like what their work environment looks like. Not that I don't want to help people, right. but just, dude, I feel like their level of employment kind of like, particularly employ not saying all but like i feel like it employs a very particular brand of people mm-hmm. who see a specific rhetoric that will not obviously match mine yeah. and i'm kind of glad that it didn't fit my like i didn't make the cut <laughs> because yeah. if i feel like if i did i would want i probably would have hated my life just as much as i do now with an office setting. But you, you did take the the training I take. I took the test. I took the training. Oh, I, really? got to like oh, a, I didn't know that. Oh, not the training, but I got to a psyche valve, and they kind of okay. like deed me to erratic. I want to say with how I answered some things, like because like they they literally ask you, while like for, truthfully, because like they also like ensure that you're telling the truth through their own right. methods. Have you taken drugs? I don't know how to say no. To, like I don't know how to like, <laughs> truthfully say tell you the truth without making myself look like an idiot. Right. It was a time in my life I did take drugs, of course. I mean, I I feel like what what rebellious yeah, kid doesn't? <laughs> yeah, but like they kind of saw that, and then they like asked other things, like, "Have you ever contemplated suicide?" Dude, this was like a moment in my life when I was a teenager. I don't know. And then so like they red flagged me immediately. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but so, so as you pointed out before that. Um, Poetry, poetry has taken you so far, you kind of you've had to change in another direction. Come out, comedy, you've gone into comedy for a short stint. Um, you also like hip hop. So, 
what is your and you have a real fetish to hip hop now? <laughs> Talk yeah, you. So okay, okay. So you know how I am, and like for the listeners now who are listening to this, I go through like a deep rabbit hole into a lot of things. Music being one of them. I grew up on punk and emo music. When Sharon met me, I was kind of going through a blues and jazz phase, and it then developed into the hip hop because a lot of the poets are big into hip hop. And while I did listen to some stuff hip hop related growing up, I didn't fully explore it because at that time with the internet is not as vast and beautiful as it is now where people are as accepting with people like border hopping into genres and their own identity. If you were a punk rock kid, you weren't going to be listening to rap anytime soon. Otherwise, they just kind of looked at you as a fake. Hmm. Yeah. So like I, while well, I did listen to some of it, like I did listen to like Nas a lot. I didn't fully openly admit it. Like I listened to a lot of that nineties stuff because like a lot, my cousins listened to a lot of that nineties R and B stuff. Hmm. I didn't fully openly admit it. So it wasn't until like the poetry scene that I fully started like deep diving. And I mean, deep diving into yeah. Hip hop, yeah. To the point you love logic, or you love a lot of trap music style, and even had some Chinese um rappers that you enjoyed. <laughs> okay, I I feel like saying I love trap is a bit of a stretch. I no, I can appreciate it. I can appreciate it in the same sense that I would say I can appreciate and accept hip hop, hip hop as a form of hip hop. You know, oh, hip hop. Okay, yeah, hip, yeah, 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 yeah. Like no, I can accept it. I love, I love logic. Like I think he's a great artist. I don't think he was the best or greatest, but like okay. I think he's a great artist. And I love the fucking, I fucking love that China is going through its hip hop phase right now. Okay. I hate that it's using trap, and I hate that like, like with all things Chinese, it has to be gaudy as shit, and it's not like this grassroots indie boom bap phase because China has a really great way of censoring things. So like they would rather their artists be, I don't know, like I don't fully know the scene there, but like from an outsider's perspective, from what I'm seeing Mm. with groups like the higher brothers or like, or Vava, who is like this really popular pop rap artist in China. It just seems really gaudy. It seems really superficial. And it's just like, it's not for me. Like you're just talking about fucking bitches and, whatever money you have and whatever car using the trap stylings of what is majority like originally a black grassroot medium that was politically spoken like i love it i love that my culture has used this to as a new form of expression mm-hmm. but it's just disappointing as all hell to see it <laughs> who, who's get bastardized the, who's the group that made the song made in china the Tire Brothers. Tire Brothers. Okay. It's cool. I love it. I love it. I rock <laughs> that song all the time. But it fucking pisses me off that, again, they're a bastardized version of rap. But one group I really loved and I loved in high school was this uh, group called LMF okay. from Hong Kong. Okay. There's this Cantonese rap group. Shout out Canton. Shout out Hong Kong. And it stands for Lazy Motherfucker. And they were <laughs> the greatest rap group in hong kong and one of my favorite songs from them was what the fuck i think 
And they were like lamenting China, mainland China during the bird flu epidemic because they killed off a lot of like chickens and shit right. to prevent anybody getting sick. But it was also coming at a cost of like map, like starving people out. And right. they like were just bombastically just bitching out the government. And it was so cool. It was so awesome. It was so great seeing like people like me just going, fuck you to the government. <laughs> Well, then I gotta keep them. I gotta keep my eye on them. LMF, keeping us. Yeah, they're, are they still are they still rapping or is this? Uh, I'm not sure. Like I haven't looked it up. Like honestly, like I haven't looked it up because like I deep dove into American hip hop so bad mm-hmm. and the grime scene in the UK that <laughs> the China. Okay. I, I mean, I know there's a few. There's been a few Chinese. Um, actually, there's been actually a few groups that have actually broke the mainstream. In um in America and stuff that yeah are very good and stuff so I mean I mean M- Mountain Brothers of uh, name uh, OGs yep OGs yeah I mean there's been a lot of been a lot of um some top some Chinese um rappers that have done very well in the or or, cool. or have hold yeah have held yeah no it's cool it's really inspiring to like watch like people who literally look like me mm-hmm. express themselves in this new art form that's not repressed it in any way and to watch groups like like you said the mountain brothers mm-hmm. do it is really cool Jin, Jin yeah. used to do it yeah he got a little too preachy for my taste these days but <laughs> he exp- dude it, it was super cool watching him on beat freestyle fridays yep. just fucking kill it yep. like just kill it for like i think seven times yep and yeah like, he- it's awesome like asians aren't exactly a very sexualized group even like right now like we're not like this iconic like right I, I can't believe i'm saying it but like hollywood and whatever industries that popularize things mm-hmm. don't exactly look like at asians as this hot commodity and i hate and i even hate to have to like agree to or like not agree to it but like to recognize that well they look at asian women they don't look at men. Exactly. No, okay. They look at Asian women as either subservient or like that evil dragon empress yes. who's just like conniving and shit like that. Yeah. Or they look at them like, oh, I want myself a little geisha yeah. to the point where like you get fucking neckbeards on the internet. He's like, yeah, I don't date white women. I date Asian women who are like kawaii and shit who will not talk back to them yeah. or shit like that, which is like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> fuck off. We're not a model. Fuck off. So, so I would like to give your opinion since I, since I know you have Disney plus, what do you think about the Mulan movie? You gonna see it? Oh man. Extra, are you really $30? doing this? To me? <laughs> are you gonna pay the extra $30 for that? <laughs> okay. I'll pay it. I'll pay it because it's always cool. Like, and I, I was bitching about it because like, um, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Disney sometimes, right. especially when they do live actions. I feel like it's ingenuine, if you get what I'm saying. Right. Uh, whatever they do these days with live actions, in my opinion, doesn't feel like a very artistic expression. This is a cash cow right. movement. This wasn't when they were like the when their beginning phases when they're trying to revolutionize animation with shit like Snow White right. or Cinderella or Lion King. Right. or Aladdin. This is just an obvious cash grab. They're doing stupid things to like just do whatever. And like and it's very clear. Right. And 
Well, I'm not going to knock them on this because it's whatever. It's your IP. Do whatever. But it's like, I I can't help but wonder how long is that going to last before that golden goose has last laying its last egg. I'll watch the, so that's why I have my misgivings about it to watch them turn a story about my culture into that. Like it was cool watching the animated series, whatever, or not series movie, but then to watch them do the movie. Yeah. This is going to be like Aladdin. It's going to be lackluster. It's going to be like Lion King where it feels devoid of emotion and heart. But I'll watch it, and then um, I'm gonna. No, I was gonna say, I, but they're not. They don't have you know. They don't have the Eddie Murphy Mucci character, the little dragon. They, I think they're they're keeping everything so live action. I mean, it's it's. I ain't gonna say a hidden dragon type thing, but it is going in a direction where it's more formulated on the the character realism. Yeah, the realism yeah. The I mean, I I can't say too much right now because like mm-hmm. it's not coming out until what the fourth. That's fourth, yeah. Yeah, like that. We still have like maybe five days to it. So like, I can't really say too much about it now. But like in my opinion, like right now, on a just scratching the surface look at it, I'll watch it. I'm, I'll show out thirty bucks. It's still I'll still watch it as the film nerd that I am. Okay. Am I going to be happy about it? No, <laughs> because, no, because like it, like I still like, just based off what I ever what I said all, a moment ago. Like I just like it feels in genuine from Disney. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like again you're using nostalgia and you're using you're baiting us with nostalgia mm-hmm. and you're baiting us with the asian card like it's bullshit it's yeah. totally bullshit like i got a bunch of friends who are asian who are fucking excited about it and i'm not gonna knock them on that because it's a very like deep to my depths of my heart i'm excited to see kelly marie tran play mulan it's cool watching people who look like me get a moment to shine but behind that past the surface it's just such a bullshit move hmm. okay. okay but right now we're getting ready going to the our three have you have you first of all have you heard any of the podcast before any episodes what yeah 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 you're right okay so i'm good so we have this thing where i basically asked um two um two questions and we'll start off with the first question the first question so so as you know, in the poetry community, there are the po- there there is two types of poets. There is the page poets, the people that basically write in the books, um, sell the books, and then you have also the stage poet, the person who performs and makes CDs and does recordings. So I'm here to ask you, and there's been a little division because it's always been versus page for the stage. But I'm here to ask you, Marvin, do you feel comfortable on the page, the stage? Or both. That's a mixed answer for me. Ouch. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't think I can easily like be categorized in either of those two. I mean, when I f- make my first piece, I'm gonna like regardless, I'm gonna read it off the page. Okay. I'm gonna if I'm recording, I'm still gonna like that's just me memorizing what I read off prior. So like I'm comfortable with both, but on its answer, no. I still have stuttering steps I'm working through and everything like that. Like I'm sure some people have seen. But like I think there shouldn't be any kind of division on that. Like I honestly think everybody starts off with a page. You're telling it like in a saying you're typing it up on screen that's still technically the page you it just got upgraded to a screen now 
to say that you're more comfortable recording is kind of a cop-out because you still had to memorize everything. You still had to put your first, those baby thoughts, that first, the beginnings of that new piece or whatever you created onto the screen or in my argument, the page. So uh -huh. ultimately, I feel like it's just like a mixed answer for me. Okay. I was, was going to say most of it, uh, when people say stage, it kind of... It, I mean, I know, I know um, some of the poetry, some of the spoken word poets, not all the time like to act in it out, but a lot of them do act out the parts to, to bring emphasis to whatever they've written. On. Yeah, and I can agree with that. Like, I'm not going like, to, I'd be lying if I'd said, like, I don't like the stage, like, compared to, like, just reading, like, the SPC feature was, mm -hmm. it was great. It was fun. Like, thank you, Stuart, for, like, asking me to be a feature. But it was, I was a little out of my element because, like, I'm used to it, rocking as mic. Yeah. Having all, I mean, not that all eyes weren't on me, but I was, <laughs> I'm used to being, <laughs> I'm used to being on a stage and like just going at it. Okay. And to be in my room in like what, in my comfort zone, and I'm reading it off of the screen, like it was like a new experience for me, like poetry wise. Okay. So, um, so we've always talked about this. You've always talked about writing a book, and your front of the cover is going to be an actual. Uh, cover of a of a Chinese menu is that still in the works? Uh, no, I think that it's evolved into something new. Um, I wanted to make a golden leaf or something like that, okay. like something floral, because there's this uh, quote in Chinese that goes gun, which means uh, falling leaves return to the roots. <gasps> and I think this, like more and more lately, this metaphor has been like really sticking out to me, purely because. While I live in the U.S., a lot of what I do is practically based on my culture, based on my experiences as an Asian American, based on whatever. So, like, I've always felt like this, like, in the most metaphorical sense in term, I have always just been a leaf returning to my roots. Hmm. So, I kind of like the idea of that being the title or falling leaves. And then, to emphasize that point, just a golden leaf, because I'm Asian, one of my pieces was ending lines to one of my main piece the touch the heart poem was that my skin isn't just yellow but made of 24 karat gold yep. so like emphasizing that my skin is not yellow but gold so i kind of like the idea of a golden leaf oh yeah okay and i do know that you basically have a poem about about your mother about your grandmother and yeah. how she brought you up and stuff and i hope i was hoping that you have you had that poem if if you have that poem ready to read or do you are you gonna are you able to read a poem today? Yeah, sure, I'd be happy to. Okay. But let me pull it up right now. Okay. But the next question I was gonna ask you, since you do like hip hop, sir, uh, no. I would like to know who your top five rappers are. Are we talking greatest or best here? Because that's this is your preference. I don't know. I'm not going to give anybody. Oh, man, you're doing this to me. <laughs> no. If you feel greatest, you say your greatest. And if you like your preference, you, you, preference. you know I'm going to like give you this list. And yes, I hope you, you understand. Yes, you are. Tonight, I'm going to wind up calling you and going, fuck, I should have said this guy instead. You, you know my whole life has <laughs> always been about risk. God damn you. My high fidelity, pretentious ass is going to be thinking about this all night now. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you're, you're happy welcome. with yourself. I am. <laughs> okay okay first and foremost always always will be nas he okay. will always be on top of the list the og street poet from the streets nas secondly um dumbfounded 
Okay. He, as an Asian American, like I said as previously, it's cool watching a kid who looks like me rock a medium that expresses himself, and he doesn't speak on of it on a street level or like he's a gangbanger or anything like that. Not that you, it's only that or anything like that, but it's just more like he speaks it in a sense that I recognize because that's how I grew up. So he will forever be my top two or my second. Okay. Hmm. Man, you got me <laughs> thinking now. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll, I'll have third has to be the disciple of Nas. Nas, uh, Cole, J. Cole. J. Cole, okay. Yeah, it's all about the Cole world. He, you can tell he lives and breathes. <laughs> the godson. Okay. He will forever be my third, on my third, li- third on my list. Fourth, um, I love the introspective stuff, so I gotta give it to Kid Cudi. Okay. Um, I know people like to say Kanye revolutionized that whole emotional rap thing, but I personally feel like Cudi brought it out to the next level that really emphasized the point of emotion. And plus he also has like a, a rocket sound. Too. He has the rocket sound. He has the the humming, the uh, that I feel really emphasizes that level of depth and emotion that he's trying to bring forth. Okay. And what's your fifth? Fifth. Oh, man. Who's my fifth? Who's my fifth? Okay, if we're going to keep it with the emotional kind of grew up like me and everything, I got to give it up to Childish Gambino. He's going to be on my okay. fifth on the list. Like, Childish I feel like kid. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> okay. Don't, everyone after dumb has is in no particular order. Like I said, you, after this after this call or after this interview, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm gonna be spending the rest of the night revamping my list, and I'm gonna like be begging you, hey, make an edit to this. Here's my new five, and then another hour later, I'm gonna be, hey, no, 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 no. scratch the second list. Here's a third. That's what's gonna gonna be. But no, fifth at the moment is gonna be Donna Glover. Yeah. He's like it, it sends me. Okay, it pisses me off that Camp is not considered one of his more like his better albums because like I I relate to being that nerdy kid who's an outsider. Yeah, that's what made me love him in the first place. Right. But everything after that was before the internet or because of the internet. Awaken my love, and dude, even his uh, This Is America yeah. has pretty much been like this point in society and like our greater zeitgeist where he's just continue like we're all everybody's like looking to him with his works so that's my top five okay. i guess so, saying the top five for now is not yeah, 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 yeah. My, my current top five <laughs> at the moment as of six twenty four pacific yes. standard time everybody it's going to change in an hour because i'm going to get pissed <laughs> off at myself on some high fidelity <laughs> bullshit it's going to be changed. Okay, it's going to be... So, what's what I'm saying? Nas, Dumbfounded, J. Cole, Kid Cudi, and also, and last but not least, Childish Gambino. Yeah. <laughs> for now. For now, that's the current list. That's the current list of top five. Oh, should I have had a biggie on that? God damn it. <laughs> I didn't say all time. I said whatever you want. <laughs> You don't have to. See, no, this is what Nas, you know. I mean, you're, you're, see, this is what you do. Like, I love it when people <laughs> do this list because it's always up for like debate and argument. But 
but I hate it when people look to my list because like it's constantly changing. <laughs> like, of course, it's all one's always gonna be Nas, and mm-hmm. two's always gonna be dumbfounded. But like, I, nice. I just like I am my my manic ass cannot like settle for any kind of list. I, I, I like the list. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I like the list. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'll let you now. Do your poem. If you can do, you can do the um, current one, or you can do um, your um, your thought poem, your um, test the heart poem. You know, just just do one of your poems, and I'm gonna let you. All right, for sure, for sure. Well, this is the dim sum poem, the one that I've been so known at for. This is called "Touch the Heart." So, no truer words have ever been spoken in human history, then the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. <laughs> I like to say that I'm an exception to this rule, that I, that I don't get a little misty-eyed when I see a nice-looking burrito come my way, but that'd be a lie. You see, my family came to this country dirt poor, jam-packed in a house filled with 10 other relatives. I was hipster before it was even cool. My fashion sense was all hand-me-downs and ill-fitting clothing. I was still rolling in my or rolling on Mario Kart on my 6-4 while by the time PlayStation and Xbox dropped a three after their names. But where my parents failed to get me all the other things the other kids got to play with, they spoiled me with food. There's something exhilarating about watching your child stuff their face and know that they will never be left wanting for more as you've done in the past. In that household that emphasized stoicness as a sign of masculinity, I never once doubted that my father loved me with all his heart had to give when he handed me a bowl filled to the brim with steamed rice, bok choy, and barbecue pork. I never once heard the words I love you tumble awkwardly out of my mother's mouth. Instead, she wove me an edible tapestry every night for dinner. It's funny, you see, in Cantonese, mom is pronounced ma, and horse is pronounced ma. And when you don't speak Chinese as naturally as the other kids do, you always wind up calling your mother things like horse instead of mom. But funnily enough, the only times we ever went out to eat, I could always pronounce every dish that came by our way with crystal clarity. The only places that my parents ever took me out to eat came from our hometown in China. We call it yam cha, which means let's go drink some goddamn tea. But here in the States, you know it as dim sum, which means touch the heart. And that's what it's done. Touch the heart. Every plate, every colorful morsel of food, a lesson in culture, tradition, love. I can tell you right now that the perfect Chinese crepe has been cooked to perfection when it's clear and transparent, yet strong enough to hold the meat on the inside. It's transparent, just like my parents love for me all throughout these years. Explain to you why a soup dumpling will be the best thing you'll ever eat, because despite that small size, the combination of soup and the meat filling on the inside will be the reason you should never judge anything or anything by its appearance. Just like my mother, a four foot eleven mountain of a woman who cannot be judged by her small stature after she's just finished picking her teeth clean with my father and I's bones after chewing us out. Tell you why a custard bow will be the best thing you'll ever eat because in spite of that white outer layer, the yellow gooey custard on the inside is the best experience you'll ever have, and it's everything that will remind me of home. It's everything that reminds me that my skin isn't just yellow, but made of 24 karat gold worth its weight in value. Every time my teeth sinks in, every time I take a bite, I can tell you with honesty that my heart is filled. 
All right. That's what I'm talking about. Touch of the Heart. That's the food poem. That's the, we actually had a food fight. Yes, yeah, food fight. <laughs> my uh, Touch of the Heart poem about dim sum with your uh, strawberry, <laughs> strawberry banana smoothie, smoothie about interracial hey. relationships. Hey, it works. Hey, it works, <laughs> but I feel like people kind of get lost in the mix with that one, but hey, it works. Hey, loving it. And then what was it? Star- Michael Star Wars' uh, grilled cheese. I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, it, there's no subtext to it. It's just a man and his love for grilled cheese. <laughs> And he won with it. Yo, how crazy! Yo, say what you will about Star Wars, he 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 can lay one out. He like he can lay some balls out. Oh, most definitely, most yeah. definitely. But no, nah, so why don't you tell the people your social media where they can get a hold of you if you would like if not like and if you have any other for sure, um yeah you can follow me on starvin marvin 09 no g in the starvin no <laughs> underscore anything just starvin marvin 09 that's my main social media at the moment definitely follow me there you'll see me post about shelter fest 2020 which is a online streaming event to promoting local venues and social safe practices and social distancing we're trying to, like I said, raise awareness about the importance of social distancing and lowering that curve for the coronavirus, as well as save a lot of our local venues. Um, as the, some of you are probably in the know, that live in Sacramento, Shine Cafe just closed. Rest in peace, Shine. It's been always been one of the greater venues out there that provided a safe space for a lot of people. Uh, right now, we're trying to save places like Runa's, which is the my main spot that I started out in and will forever have a soft spot in my heart. Trying to save places like Press, who is now moving to another spot. So, yeah, definitely follow me. Check it out. You'll see me post more about Shelter Fest 2020. There you go, people, because he's basically the man himself. I'd like to give you Marvin. T. Marvin's still in the house. T. Marvin 2020, yeah. 2020. Wait, wait, wait. No, 2020 has been a crap year. I'm not. I don't want to put bad. I don't want to put bad juju on the team. Don't put bad team, team, team Marvin 2021. We're coming. We're coming out 2021. All full force. Full force. Are you going to get back into comedy? I'm going to try a lot of things. I'm going to like. I, I'm okay. going to try it, but I feel like I'm going to try a lot of other things too. Definitely get back into the okay. scene. Do that too. We'll see. We'll see. Probably doing okay. the music scene. We never know. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued on what's coming up next for Marvin. Yeah. <laughs> but no, nah, man, thanks for being on the show and stuff. And um, we're going to get together soon. Yeah, for sure. Movie we'll theater will now open again. I know oh, man. Open we, again we'll, we'll do a watch party or something. I don't know if I'm going to do a movie theater experience. Like, as much of a film buff as I am and I love for art house shit, I don't know if I can, like, even with, like, 50 cent tickets, I don't know if I can, like, really sacrifice that. And risk it, like I don't like I said, like I don't think it's fair of me to like count like this whole main and preach safe practices of social distance and then go to a movie theater. Like, hey, I'm all for driving. The driving experience is coming back full force, and I love it that it's coming back full force. There we go. I can say like that. We'll see. We'll see you soon. But all good right there. All right, everyone. Thank you. Take care. For more information, please go to L. I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Iambic Zine. I-A-M-B-I-C-Z-I-N-E. Thank you.